Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 5th of May, 2022. Happy, what the hell is it, Thursday to you. Happy Thursday to you. Holy Frank and Anna. That Friday can't come soon enough, can it? In uh, Mother's Day weekend as well. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, sharing on social media. Kind words to friends. Whisper sweet nothings to your uh, your bedmates, whatever you got to do to spread the word. I appreciate the hell out of it. we got an action-packed program for you today, as every day, as we analyze the news and let you know what's going on in the world. Um, update, quick update on my dad. I just got off the phone with him. He is doing uh, much better. They have removed the tube from his nose. The x-rays show that he still has... Uh, yeah, poop in him, a lot of poop in him, but it's moving slowly now, very slowly through his small intestines. He's, he said it's soft, and he's pooping a lot, which he doesn't do. He's like a once to twice a week kind of guy for a very long time, and that's, I guess, how you get so stopped up. And go to the doctor, right, people? He he could have dealt with this, should have dealt with this a long time ago. Instead, he just kind of let it build up and let it build up and let it build up, and so you end up with a week in the hospital. But it is moving again. He was able to eat some Jello and drink some coffee today, which made him very happy. He's got more energy now on the phone. Sounds good, and he's happy to be able to watch the uh, NHL playoffs, as I said. So he's doing better. The plan is to hopefully have him discharged Friday. So fingers crossed, prayers Still up for that, but so far so good, and thank God for that, and thanks for everybody for uh, shooting emails and suggestions and thoughts and prayers and everything. I really do appreciate it, Um, and I'll be very relieved when he's out of the hospital. Just, you know, you just don't want anybody in the hospital, ever. Anyway, uh, so that'll bring a lot of my energy to the uh, Curse Program, the Weekend Effort Review at patreon.com slash Podcast. Go there, check it out, five bucks a month, enter the contests, all those good things. Um, it'll be much appreciated. They will be, especially this week with all this Roe v. Wade stuff. Man, I already feel it coming. It's going to be epic. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Okay, enough with all of that stuff, the housekeeping and everything. Let's get on with the show. The left is absolutely nothing if not predictable. <laughs> The Washington Post editorial board, they have a thing today, a terrifying new era. The draft abortion ruling would be devastating to liberty and the high court itself. Now, you got to love how these people always pretend to uh, go, oh, no, no, we we care about the integrity of the court. We care about the integrity. No, you don't. No, you don't. You care that you're not getting your way. That's what you care about. That's it. That's the only thing the left cares about. Suddenly things don't matter if they uh, they go against a liberal point of view. Well, you overturn precedent. Um, I, I don't care about it one way or the other. And I'm apropos of nothing, but if you look at the Supreme Court's recent decision, say, on uh, gay marriage, that overturned 
what is it, 230 years of precedent, right? Did it not? 230, all the precedent throughout all of uh, the country's history, marriage meant one thing. The Supreme Court overturned that. Shouldn't, should that be over overturned? Hey, you're upsetting precedent here. It's unacceptable. <laughs> no, they don't think of it that way. They don't think of it that way. What they do think of it as, and it's really bizarre that they can't connect these dots. Well, it's not bizarre. It's a, it's a sign of a, an intellectually dishonest group of people, to be honest with you. But they're sitting there and they're saying, well, that was good. That was because that, that granted rights, that expanded rights. That did. If you believe that rights come from government, then you have no business whining when government decides to take those rights away. If if government is the grantor, that's where that's where rights come. You don't have rights. You're not inherently born with rights. God given. You can't even say God. God given rights. You're not allowed to say that. So, you, uh, they come from the flying spaghetti monster, and the flying spaghetti monster can confer rights on people and then can take them back. It's really the mentality of the left. All along, health care is a human right. Health care is a human right. If health care is a human right, then what business do you have, uh, does anybody have charging for that service? You're charging for your human right? It's not just a right, it's a human right, it's a fundamental human right. No, it is a commodity, it is a good and a service for which you, you have to pay. For which I assume you gladly pay if you're not feeling well, if you are sick and you want to get better, you'd happily pay any price. But the left is uh, has a weird way of looking at things. They have reversed the flow. The uh, Army Corps of Engineers reversed the flow of the Chicago River. I don't even know why. Probably pollution reasons. But they did it. They did it a long time ago. It's an engineering feat. They reversed the flow. And now they have the, the left has reversed the flow of how rights work. It's bizarre. Our system of government is unequivocal. In the idea, in the concept that we have certain unalienable rights that uh, we are born with and the government cannot mess with them. Yet, the left constantly tries to mess with them, by the way, if you notice this. But just read the Constitution. Nothing in the Constitution itself says anything about granting people rights. It's a very strict document about what the government can and cannot do. The uh, Bill of Rights there, again, does not say, thereby the people, therefore the people are granted the right to this, that, and the other thing. It is an acknowledgement of rights with which we were born. And it says the government can't mess with them. I'll just read it. First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, the operative part of that is Congress shall make no law. 
which means if Congress can't make any laws about that, which means it must mean all of these things already exist. And Congress cannot make a law establishing religion, abridging freedom of speech or of the press or the people to assemble or petition their government for the redress of grievances. Now, what do the progressives try to do constantly? They try to, they try to mess with all of those things. Every single one of those things. Establishment of religion. Okay, they're not trying to establish religion except for the fact that they are establishing religion as far as government being God and their power being the religion or climate change being religion. These are all things. They're forcing you to believe in what they believe. There's no difference between that and somebody insisting you convert to their religion. The free exercise thereof, well, we just came through a pandemic where they were demanding that churches and houses of worship be shut down, so there you go. Abridging freedom of speech. There's one party that is really, really seemingly sexually aroused at the prospect of speech codes. And limiting free speech because under the guise of it's hate speech. It's hate speech. Free speech, hate speech is not free speech, they say which is incredibly stupid, wildly ignorant, incredibly fascistic and dangerous. Uh, in other words, it's just progressive. But they say that all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if the little squiggly line tramp stamps that were so popular in the 90s have been replaced with uh, now uh, hate speech is not free speech. Could be wrong. Might be. I don't know. But uh, it seems like it. They are the party trying to silence people. Of the press, now this one, it gets a little dicey. They sit there and say, well, they're, surely they're not going after the press. And I would tell you to not call me Shirley. But I would also add that they do go after the press. The FBI raided James O'Keefe's house because someone, a source, had given him Ashley Biden's diary, which contains some pretty sick stuff and some pretty curious things about Daddy Joe, like forcing her to shower with him uh, when she thought it was uh, past the age of appropriateness. Yeah, look it up. Do some some sleuthing on that one. Uh, no mainstream outlet has done it. But uh, when he got that, when James O'Keefe got that uh, diary, he didn't publish it. He called the FBI himself and turned it over to them, saying that they were in possession of stolen property that was given to them. That was it. And still the FBI raided them. Because why? Because, well, they, they hate James O'Keefe. They hate Project Veritas. They hate Fox News. What do you see constantly from the left? We must silence Fox News. They tried to character assassinate Tucker Carlson. It didn't work. It's laughable. But they tried. That is a bridging of free speech. Yet Uncle Fester over there at CNN, Brian Stelter, that every time Donald Trump sent a tweet about the media, what did he do? Uh, it's such a threat to democracy. A free speech is so important. Free press is so important. You get uh, Skeletor, David Zarwick from the Baltimore Sun to come out there and go, oh, it's just terrible what these Republicans are doing to free the free press. And uh, the only way to solve this problem of what Republicans are doing to by abusing their free speech is to shut down Fox News. They can't square that circle, but they don't have to. You sit there and you go, are these people that dumb? Nah, in some cases they are, but generally they're just that evil and power hungry. Next is the right of the people to peaceably assemble, not to be abridged. Well, 
During the pandemic, what were you told? What were you, you're a monster. Get back in your house. Shut your mouth. You go back and don't go outside. No, protesting lockdowns is wrong. Now, if you want to come out and burn down a target and steal everything in the name of George Floyd, you're welcome to it. We'll drive you there. But if you want to come out and say that you uh, want to be a free American, able to leave your house, no, 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 no. Get back in your cell. And to petition the government or a redress of grievances, this one is violated by everybody. This is essentially the justification for lobbying. It really is. Now, it was written at a time when the government did very little, so there wasn't much need for lobbying. The government at the founding of this country did what it was supposed to do. It started pretty quickly to uh, grow from there, but it did what it was supposed to do. Now it does so much, and it's doling out $5 trillion a year. Of course people are going to be lining up to get a piece of it. You want to get the money out of politics, get the politics out of money, and you can solve that problem. Uh, but the left looks at abortion as a fundamental right, a fundamental right. It's really the only right, aside from rights that uh, apply only to them, that they'll defend. They say they're champions of free speech, but if only in regards to them. So the Washington Post editorial board, they write, on Monday, Politico published a draft of a Supreme Court opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 ruling that declared the Constitution guarantees Americans the right to end their pregnancy. Mm, not Americans, not all Americans. I don't have that right. I couldn't, as a man, if I had gotten somebody pregnant, I could not force them. I say, look, I have a right to an abortion. I want to exercise that right. You abort the... I don't care what you want. My choice, too. I have a choice. No, it's not them. The court later confirmed the document, written in February, is genuine, but emphasized that it is not the court's final word. We hope not. If the justices embrace the sweeping document, they will deal a grievous blow to freedom in the United States and to the legitimacy of the court itself. And this is, this is the left's new trick. What does not go their way is illegitimate. If the court, and if you notice, by the way, we've had a couple of days here, all of the arguments, every single one of them, in favor of abortion, against this draft opinion never actually make an argument against the draft opinion. They never actually take on what Justice Alito wrote. They never actually explain why the decision is not constitutionally sound. They don't even bother. They simply say it's wrong. You're taking away a woman's right to choose. They don't say why it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's wrong because it's wrong. It's wrong because they're taking away a woman's right to choose. They're not. They're reversing it, reverting it to the states. But that's neither here nor there while the facts stand in the way of a good story. But it is interesting that no one, not even the so-called legal scholars that like CNN and MSNBC have said, look, let me uh, go through point by point what Justice Alito has written here and tell you why I believe it's wrong. They're making an argument that it's just wrong, that it exists. It, it's just wrong. Why? Don't ask questions. It's just wrong. That's an indication. That's a big, 
big uh, clue that you don't really have much of an argument, that what you're putting forth is not constitutionally based. Nobody's making a constitutional argument against it. They just declare it to be. It would ru- And the last part there of the opening paragraph of this Washington Post editorial, and to the legitimacy of the court itself. I thought that, you know, what's interesting is the left, if they can't control an institution, they seek to destroy it, right? They seek to destroy the Supreme Court. What's amazing to me is they're saying because the Supreme Court is doing something they don't like, they then need to change the rules in the United States Senate so they can force through what they cannot get through through legitimate means. They need to end the filibuster because they can't get their abortion codification of Roe v. Wade in the U.S. Code. So they have to change the rules. Ignore the Supreme Court. Lie about the Supreme Court. Attack the Supreme Court. Threaten justices on the Supreme Court. And all of this questions their legitimacy. Now, I was told that questioning the legitimacy of of government actions, government decisions, what have you, was a threat to democracy. Now, not doing so is a threat to democracy. Can you follow that one? No, you can't. It doesn't make any sense. There is a mutant mob that is gathered outside the Supreme Court. Will it turn violent? I don't know. Hopefully, the Guard outside the Supreme Court have orders to protect the uh, structure no matter what, by any means necessary. So far, it's been mostly peaceful. Not the case out in Los Angeles and, and in Seattle. They've, of course, smashed windows and gotten violent, fought with police because they're idiots who don't understand what's going on. But, um, and they're a left-wing mob. This is what the liberals want. They need people rioting. But if you question the legitimacy of an election, no matter how many weird things happened during that election, threat to democracy. Question the legitimacy of the third branch of government. Why, you're a member of the editorial board of the Washington Post, a hero. Statues will be erected in your honor, at least until they discover the old tweets that you sent while you were in high school. See the double standard there? See the hypocrisy there? The legitimacy of the court itself is at stake because they dared stray, possibly, we don't even know, they dared possibly stray from liberal orthodoxy. You know who else didn't allow straying from their orthodoxy? Yeah, mein Führer, very, sehr gut. So the left is very upset at the prospect of, you know what, what really upsets the left? This is, and this is what I'm writing about for uh, my town hall column, my next one. Um, they're mostly terrified of the prospect of responsibility, having to take responsibility. Nothing scares the hell out of a leftist more than having to take responsibility for their actions. Let's be honest about it. The entirety of the Democratic Party exists almost exclusively to ensure that as few people as possible, particularly those uh, in power, have to take any responsibility for their actions whatsoever. So if uh, somebody gets pregnant and they have the baby, suddenly you gotta, you got to be responsible. Ugh. Yuck. 
You should be free to be a zero. You should be free to borrow two hundred thousand dollars for student loans, and the taxpayer will pick that up. You should be free to be, you know, twenty five years old and sleeping on the couch in your parents' basement after a night of playing PlayStation, and you should be on their insurance. It's only right and only fair, and all of these things that they do to try to absolve people. They are. And this is why liberalism is a religion. They emulate the Pope. They. They want to grant absolution from personal responsibility to everybody. I'm surprised Joe Biden doesn't have a little Pope mobile where he stands up and he's like blessing people as he drives down the street and, you know, their credit card debt disappears. There goes your mortgage. Oh, he looked at me. He gave me eye contact. That means I get a free car, right? I get a free electric car, not a Tesla. They won't buy those, but other cars, right? The ones nobody wants. Those cars. It's just. Amazing. That's what they're absolutely terrified by is the prospect of having to be personally responsible. Also, that personal responsibility extends to before any child is conceived, right? Isn't isn't that there are I say it all the time. Getting pregnant is pretty easy to avoid. It's about as easy to avoid as uh, getting hit by a train. Honestly, if you if you do not want to get hit by a train, which I think is a sound policy for anybody out there, you can you're free to disagree. But if you do not wish to get hit by a train, don't play on the train tracks. Right? Problem solved. It's not going to. The train is not out to get you. And even if it were, if you're not on the train tracks, you're you're covered. You're not going to be reading too many stories about some poor SOB playing in his backyard with his kids who was suddenly hit by a train. Out of nowhere, this train, nowhere near train tracks at all, and suddenly this train came barreling through his yard and killed him. Probably not a headline that's going to be written anytime soon. So if you do not wish to have children, there are certain precautions you can take. Now, none are foolproof, of course. Well, one is foolproof. Don't do it. And if you don't do it, barring some sort of weird compulsion you have and a haphazard, lazy cleanup in a public bathroom, the odds of you fathering a child, dude, are pretty slim, right? Pretty slim. Same goes for you, ladies. You got to do something really weird in that bathroom for that to happen. So if you don't engage in the activity that would lead to pregnancy, the odds of you becoming pregnant fall to, in fact, I can only think of one instance in all of human history where that form of birth control failed. And that was the birth of Jesus. After that, it's been pretty sound. And even before that, it's been pretty sound. So um, <clears throat> if you wish to avoid pregnancy, you can. Then and that's not to mention the, uh, the options afterwards. You'd be an adult, take responsibility, or put the child up for adoption, anything like that. There was a world that existed before this. But unfortunately, we have so many people on the left who look at, you know, the people on the right look at abortion as the ending of a life. The people on the left view having a child as the end of a social life. And their social life is everything. 
They are the if-it-feels-good-do-it crowd. They are the most selfish, selfish group of human beings that perhaps have ever existed. So, yes, they have that mentality. Well, if it feels good, do it. Who are you? You can't tell me. It's my body, my choice. That's my favorite thing. My body, my choice. You're get your laws off my body. Now get over in that line and get that shot or you're going to lose your job, okay? Get over there and get that shot or you're not going to be able to travel freely, not only around the world but in this country. But it's my body, my choice. It's weird. The double standard, again, strikes these leftists unrelentingly. They're terrified of personal responsibility. So then let's get, let's talk about Joe Biden here. Because Joe Biden, you can tell Joe Biden is struggling with what he's supposed to say in situations like this, not just because of the dementia or the stupidity, although both are contributing factors. He is having difficulty in struggling with what he's supposed to say because he's been in politics so long and things have changed so dramatically, and they do change in liberal politics so dramatically, so quickly, that he can't keep up with it. It's not a child. It's a clump of cells. It is a parasite on a woman's body. These are what are acceptable talking points amongst Democrats. Yet yesterday, Joe Biden talked about abortion as aborting a child. A child. The left has gone to great lengths, done focus group upon focus group upon focus group to try to find the best way to talk about killing a child in a way that is not talking about killing a child. And it's, it's, uh, it's reproductive health care and reproductive justice. That's what you're supposed to say. Reproductive health care and reproductive justice. It's not really health care. It's not necessary. At most, it's like a reproductive nose job. It's certainly not necessary. Oh, what about the health and the life of the mother? The life of the mother is, um, that's about as rare as the being hit by a train in your backyard, considering where medicine has gone. Now, there are some times when there are complications, certainly, but that's very, very rare. The health of the mother is so widely determined. This is how the Democrats always got around this thing about, you know, they used to be, I swear to God, they used to say, okay, 15, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, that's that's good. We can agree with that. Bill Clinton famously said, we've got to get to a place where abortion is safe, legal, and rare. Easy for him to say. He was apparently sterile. What about Chelsea, Derek? What about... Google Chelsea Clinton and Webster Hubble. That's all I got to say. But he apparently told a lot of his women that he was sterile. So there you go. But the left has been trying to uh, change the terms, change the discussion, change the way abortion is talked about for a very long time. And now they're to the point that even the reporters on the beat, they used to not be as hacky, now they just are activists, call it reproductive health care or reproductive justice, which cracks me up because they had all these people yesterday 
There are all these talking heads. This is going to be huge. Even Bill Gates, I think, said, this is going to be huge. It is going to uh, really hurt women and hit women and where it doesn't blah, blah, blah. And it's especially going to hit poor women and women of color the hardest. How? Is having a child that much of a burden? It's an inconvenience, no doubt. But a burden? It's going to really hit? And how do women of color get hit by the responsibility of uh, having a child harder than anybody else? How the hell does that work? They, of course, never say, because nobody ever goes on those CNN panels and says, how the hell do you mean that? What is that supposed to mean? They don't, because they all nod in agreement, going, oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, suppose those poor women of color, it's just horrible. They're always getting hurt by things. <laughs> uh, to me, it sounds pretty racist. It, to me, it sounds like, boy, I tell you what, raising a, a, a black or brown child is a particular burden, or just even more um, uncontrollable than white kids or something. It's just, I don't know. It seems to be what they're saying. I don't know what else they could be saying, how pregnancy could serious. Unless you look at the data, then you go, oh, wait a second. Yeah, there are more black babies aborted every year than there are born. So I guess it's going to hit black women harder, but I'm not sure how it's like hit like in the terms of, oh, my God, this horrible burden upon me. Because, again, there's a pretty foolproof couple of ways to avoid getting pregnant. Just saying. Anyway, all these efforts by the left to redefine terms and redefine the ways of talking about abortion are just wasted on Joe. Like most things are wasted on Joe. He's got the intelligence of a ham sandwich that's been left out in the sun, slathered in mayonnaise for a week. And he was at Joint Base Andrews yesterday, and he takes all the talking points that have evolved past him and he just ignores them. And he goes and lets the cat out of the bag. He says that they're, that abortion is aborting a child. A child calls the fetus, a, she calls the clump of cells a child. How dare he? Listen to it for yourself. Well, the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court. I think goes way overboard. It goes way overboard. It goes way overboard. Devout Catholic right there. What's funny is um, he can't explain why. He does not try to refute the decision as written. It's not even a decision. The draft opinion. The Washington Post doesn't try to refute the draft opinion. It is... Uh, it's funny. Here's here's how the Post actually described Joe Biden doesn't know anything. Said the Post writes, but the draft ruling's dreadful reasoning and extreme potential consequences are far more concerning than the leak uh, than what the leak says about the court's internal dynamics. That's the extent to which the Washington Post editorial board decides to take on Samuel Alito's writings. And logic. It then goes off about the court's legitimacy. They don't bother trying to say, well, he's wrong on this, he's wrong on that, he's wrong on the other thing. 
Nope. Joe Biden can't do that. He's incapable of it, especially now in the throes of dementia. But we can get in the way back machine. Back to 2012, when Joe Biden still had some of Remember, he's always been stupid. Dementia is uh, well, it's starting to creep in at this point, but it hadn't fully rotted his brain like it did, like it has. So this is Joe Biden with his A-game, just being stupid. <laughs> it's a sad commentary that your, your A-game is still stupid, but at least you're not suffering from dementia and delusions. This is during a debate in 2012, the vice presidential debate between Paul Ryan and Joe Biden. He uh, he referred he can't remember the name Paul Ryan. So he's my friend, the uh, the congressman here can't remember the guy's name. So maybe dementia was a bit of a factor. But he does talk about his faith, his Catholic faith. Oh, he's a practicing lifelong Catholic and abortion. He talks about it a little differently now. Because now he wants everybody to have abortions all the time, up until birth, probably after. And he wants taxpayers to pay for it. He wants taxpayers to pay for it. A little bit different tune he was singing back in the day. Vice President Biden. My religion uh, defines who I am. And uh, I've been a practicing Catholic my whole life. Um, And... uh, it has particularly informed my social doctrine. Catholic social doctrine talks about taking care of those who, uh, who uh, can't take care of themselves, uh, people who need help. Um, with, regard to, um, with regard to abortion, I accept my church's position on abortion as a, what we call de fide doctrine. Life begins at conception, that's the church's judgment. I accept it in my personal life. But I refuse to impose it on equally devout Christians and Muslims and Jews. and uh, I just refuse to impose that on others, unlike my friend here, the, the congressman. <laughs> I just refuse to do I refuse to. Now he wants you, not only does he change his tune, life begins at conception now, nah, it's just a clump of cells, but he wants you to pay for it. What's the difference? between what he's saying there and what he's saying now. The difference is, he says he doesn't want to force his views on abortion. He believes, so he said, I don't think he actually believes in anything, but he said, life begins at conception. Well, if you believe life begins at conception, then you really, if abortion is murder at that point. If you don't believe life begins at conception, you could tell yourself that it's, it's just a clump of cells. It's no different than picking a booger, I suppose. But where he sits there and says, I don't want to impose my views on other Christians and Jews and Muslims who disagree with me. I don't want to do that. What does forcing everybody else to pay for it do? What does, what does forcing everybody else to pay for it do? Does that not mean you're forcing your views on everybody else? Doesn't it? My favorite thing of the left is when they say, get your laws off my body. Keep your government out of my bedroom. The last part that they never say out loud, but is implied, and they all want it, is they say, but leave your wallet on the dresser as you go. I want you to subsidize what goes on in here and anything that might come after it, any consequences from it. 
You don't get to have it both ways. A political party cannot absolve you of personal responsibility as much as they promise to. They, they do their lying to you. And if you believe it, you're dumb. By the way, what's funny is you hear all these people talking about abortion. They go, oh, it's a really, it's a really difficult choice. It's a really difficult and personal choice. Why? If it's just a clump of cells, what's the big deal? If it's just like having a mole removed, what's the big deal? If it's, it's a really, if it's something more than that, what more than that would it be? Huh? What more than that would it? Maybe one of these Democrats one day will be asked about that. What more than it would be if it's just a, a parasite that you're having removed? You don't have a, a lot of difficult choices about having your, your dog dewormed, do you? Why would it be the same with you? Unless you go, what's well, a, a person in there? And then it becomes a difficult choice. Then that opens up a whole new can of worms. Democrats aren't prepared to have an emotional and honest discussion about, are they? Because they're not honest people. It's about the agenda. Uber alles. Now, it, Joe Biden isn't alone in being out there screaming about abortion. I got two more clips here that I want to play for you about this. One is from ABC News, but first we're going to go to the Vice President of the United States. This is her shining moment. This is her shot at redemption. She's one end of a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. You can call me Al. I don't know why. Uh, but she is on the ticket for uh, to be able to cry racism. Just... She hasn't been afforded that opportunity yet. Plus, it's genuinely insincere from somebody who's like the spoiled rich kid of a couple of college professors who grew up in Quebec. She can't really can't really regale the public of tales of her oppression out in the mean streets of Berkeley, California, where she grew up before at age 13 when she moved to Quebec. So it, it, she, that was a bust in that sense. But she's a woman. And boy, howdy, if something happened on abortion, she's the much better than, you know, senile Dr. Hair Sniffer over there. He, she could speak at first because we're told these are women's issues. Democrats have finally discovered what a woman is. Maybe Ketanji Brown Jackson can write a follow-up answer to her questions. Oh, now, what is a woman? A woman is a, a person, a birthing person who needs an abortion. Hmm. I mean, it's better than the answer she gave. But Democrats have discovered what it is to be a woman. Women's rights are human rights are people's rights are this one's rights are the other rights. Oh, reproductive justice. <laughs> All it took was a simple leak from the Supreme Court and suddenly every Democrat remembers basic biology. It's weird how that works. Uh, which goes, uh, well, uh, yeah. So the vice president gets trotted out, and she's going to go out there, and she's going to yell, see, because she's got a uterus. She never used it. She's 57. It's probably um, probably not an issue anymore, I'd imagine, at 57. I don't know when women go through the change, but I think it's before then. So she's out of the woods, but damn it. She's she uh, actually the uh, what is it the district attorney or whatever in uh, the attorney general of the state of New York, the one who's going after Donald Trump. She announced in the streets at a rally against 
Look at these people who take to the street. Who who has time to take to the streets? I must take to the streets for abortion, for something that isn't going to impact me. I must take to the streets. But Letitia James, uh, the AG of New York, announced that she'd had an abortion early on. And she's proud of it. Well, if you're so proud of it, why did you wait until it was politically expedient to announce to the world? Why didn't you just casually drop it all the time? You know, you don't, if you're proud of it, you wouldn't have waited 30 years. What I think is really going on here with a lot of these people who like scream their abortion, shout their abortion, uh, pretend to be proud of their abortions. I don't be, look, you're going to have to explain it to God. I'm not going to. I knew one girl who'd had an abortion and uh, I probably knew more. I don't know, but uh, one that talked about it and she was riddled, absolutely riddled with guilt over it. She was absolutely riddled with guilt over it. She'd named the kid. She had discussions with the, the kid. It was a girl in her mind. Um, all of this stuff because she was riddled with guilt over it. And she bought into all the left-wing garbage at the time. She was a conservative now, or at least was then. But she had uh, all of these, you know, bought into it. It's, it's just a clump of cells. And, oh, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And blah, blah, blah. I don't actually know if she ever ended up having kids. I don't know. She wanted to. She desperately wanted to, which I think had more to do with the guilt that she felt over it, the remorse that she felt. It was bad. It was sad because it, it really did mess her up. She remembered the date. She remembered the due date. She had two anniversaries every year of really being depressed about it. But the left will tell you, no, 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 it's no big deal. And they shout their abortions. They're proud of it. There are people out there on social media claiming that they've had multiple abortions. And they're so proud there's nothing to be ashamed of. And those people, I think people do stuff like that because they know what they're doing is wrong. Somewhere in their head. They know it's, it's, it's at least screwed up. And so you do these things and uh, you know it's screwed up, but you don't want to be alone. You did them. You can't undo them. So you pretend, you declare, look, these are perfectly normal. These are perfectly acceptable. You try and normalize it to yourself, not to other people. You want other people to believe it. You want other people to do it. So you can then say to yourself, see, self, people are, uh, are doing this. Other people are doing this. We're not the only ones. You can stop feeling guilty about this. You can stop feeling bad about this. Other people do it all the time. It's normal. Lots of things are, quote-unquote, normal. A lot of abortions do happen in this country. A lot of horrible things are normal. It's quite normal to know several people who've overdosed and died of uh, a fentanyl if you live in certain areas of this country, Baltimore being one of them, Philadelphia, Chicago. It's perfectly normal to know somebody you went to school with who's been shot and killed or is a lot of people doing jail time. Perfectly normal. doesn't make it right. But it's normal. So whatever you got to do, I suppose, to convince yourself. But you're not fooling everybody. You're not fooling everybody. Kamala Harris, I don't think, is fooling anybody. I personally, well, I don't want to get into what I personally believe she may or may not have done in her youth and how somebody makes it to the age of 57 and not have any kids while leading an active social life as a mistress and what have you. But um, <clears throat> she was out there talking 
about this. And you just sit there and you go, this is supposed to be her moment to shine. But her lack of political skills, her absolute being devoid of political skills come shining through in this clip, as it does in everything she does. She's not even being interviewed. You can't even say that she was confronted with a a tough question she wasn't prepared for. This is her speaking. She's free to say whatever she wants to say in any way she wishes to say it. And this, this is what she comes up with. Women would lose access to abortion immediately and outright. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women. Will we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? (laughs) Her right to determine her own future. If she would much rather be attorney general of the state of California and then a United States senator, well, then maybe becoming vice president. Who, how dare they say anything is wrong and that decision, those decisions are wrong. Maybe their boyfriends are married and successful politicians in their own right. And it just would be bad, a bad look. And you don't want to. Yeah, you can hear all the desperation there. But her voice, my God, her voice. What's funny is. If you listen closely to the background, this is at a, a lunch or a dinner. I don't know which it was. But not a single person seems to be giving a damn that the vice president is speaking. They, You can hear knife and fork on plate action. Like Maybe it's one of those rare rubber chicken dinners or lunches where the food's actually good. I doubt it. But they just kept, ch- I want to play it again just because it's, listen to the background noise this time. They stop and applaud at one point when she starts screaming. They're like, oh, wait, she's yelling. But <laughs> the rest of the time, the background noise, you just hear people cutting their food and going to town on the, uh, the brisket or whatever they were served. Women would lose access to abortion immediately and outright. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women. Will we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights, and their freedoms. (laughs) It's a really good dinner. I love that people like clap. I assume Kamala thought this is going to be leading. It's going to start the applause and it's going to crescendo. It's just going to continue to to grow. And they clapped and then they just said, well, she's not done. I thought she was done. (laughs) Well, she's, she's just such a failure as a vice president, isn't she? This is this should be her shining moment, and even the people who theoretically paid or whatever to have lunch or dinner with her are sitting there going, "Oh God, 
Does she have to yell? It's already piercing and her normal speaking voice is already like nails on a chalkboard. Can we please get past this? And then you get to ABC News. ABC News, Terry Moran. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Not Terry Moran, although Terry Moran says something that's absolutely asinine in there. But he's talking to a mother outside the Supreme Court yesterday. And this mother outside the Supreme Court is holding a toddler. Couldn't be more than two. And the mother is terrified. And Terry Moran sort of sets her up. But the mother is terrified that her daughter, which, you know, I thought that uh, assigning gender to an infant child was wrong. The child gets to decide what it is. Not some arbitrary doctor with some medical degree. No, 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 no. It is the child, once old enough, announces to the world which gender it is. But that's neither here nor there. These these parents obviously aren't progressive enough. But this mother is very upset that her daughter might grow up in a world where she won't be able to have an abortion. Now That's got to be a, if the, the kid more than likely doesn't understand what's going on. But if the kid did understand, there are a lot of people out there who do have kids. They're dragging their teenage daughters out there. Oh, it's my body, my choice. Oh, kids are a burden. We must abort them all. And it's sitting there with, here, hold this sign, little junior. And you're like, Mom, you're just basically saying you wish I was dead or never born. Oh, shut up. Don't make me retroactively abort you. But this mother is like holding her kid going, oh, that would be horrible. She wants to leave the country. She literally is thinking, she says, like all these uh, all these people who promised to leave the country if Trump won are still here. And they, she's like, I'm thinking about leaving the country because of my reproductive choices. Well, I'll help you pack. I'll help you pack. Listen to this garbage from ABC News. But outside, at the steps of the court, it felt like the deed had already been done. She might grow up in a country without the choice. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's horrible. It, it's so depressing. It's shocking. I can't believe it. And it makes me want to move to a different country. <laughs> I'll help you pack. I'll help you pack. Holding your baby going, that's terrible. That she might have to suffer the indignity that I didn't have a child like her one day. Oh, my God. Horrible. Horrible. I should have aborted her, Terry. I should have I should have killed her in the womb so that she wouldn't have to suffer the indignity of not being able to kill her child in the womb. <laughs> they don't hear them. I don't know. Like most people, you can hear yourself speak. Maybe some people. Is there a certain form of deafness that causes people not to be able to hear themselves? Or maybe it's. Maybe it's the echo from the inside of their heads being so vacant, devoid of anything, that it just rattles around that you can't really make out what you're saying. But uh, probably going to have to have, at some point in the future, an awkward conversation with little Junior there about why it is that uh, you're so upset that she won't be able to have an abortion. That just seems like a weird thing to aspire to as your kid. As, you know, one day I hope my kids grow up to be a doctor, a lawyer, wildly successful, happy, happy marriage, have lots of kids, all those sorts of things. And then there's your progressive mom who says, boy, I hope one day, preferably in college, that uh, Becky is able to have a couple of abortions. 
you know, let's just be honest about this. Let's have a couple of abortions because nothing says lived experience like having a couple of abortions. <laughs> ah. Meanwhile, the uh, the prime minister of Canada is up there. Maybe he's trying to get American. Maybe he's trying to. Maybe he saw that ABC News interview, and he's trying to lure Americans up there. He can have them, quite frankly. Anybody enticed to move to Canada is free to move to Canada for my money. He tweeted out yesterday, the right to choose is a woman's right and a woman's right alone. What's a woman, Trudeau? Every woman in Canada has the right to a safe and legal abortion. We'll never back down from protecting and promoting women's rights in Canada and around the world. Really, Canada is going to get involved in protecting women's rights around the world? Shouldn't you be seizing people's bank accounts because they dared defy you, Justin? Shouldn't you be threatening people's livelihoods and imprisoning people because they don't want to get the vaccine? Oh, women can do whatever they want with their body unless they don't want to get the vaccine. Then they can go straight to hell. And I guess you got to throw an A in there too, huh? Canada. You can have them, Justin. You can have them. There, I want to shift gears and talk about abortion enough. Bill Gates. I, I like to give you the updates as, as when I remember to... Uh, well, I'm looking at this, and there's an ad for, for weed. D.C.'s purest flower delivered to your door. Uh, on the Drudge Report. Um, <clears throat> give you the COVID update. These numbers are good. These numbers are promising. If you're not a into the panic porn. Uh, the number, uh, the seven-day rolling average a year ago was almost 50,000 a day, new cases, 49,944. This year, the rolling average is higher by uh, 13,000 at 63,224. That's not particularly good, except for when you look at what? Deaths. Deaths. The seven-day rolling average of deaths a year ago was 695. This year, with 13,000 more cases on average per day, the death total is 389. That's good news, ladies and gentlemen. Unless, of course, you're trying to sell the panic porn. Unless, of course, you're Bill Gates, who... I don't know what happened to Bill Gates. He's gotten really weird. When he just, you know, would wear the the sweaters with the little collar and the shirt sticking out and was just this nerdy dude. I guess once you found out that he was, you can't say he was a player because I doubt, he was like probably sexually harassing nerdy girls at Microsoft. But once you found out that he was this uber-sexed being hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and everything. You thought, what the hell? This is not the Bill Gates we knew. And you realize at that moment the power of money, right? It's certainly not like, well, there are women out there who find Bill Gates to be sexy. No, there's nobody out there who finds Bill Gates to be sexy. If he's just some guy sitting at a bus stop, you walk to the next bus stop. If he's the only one sitting there and it's at night, you'll go out, I'll... I can't afford an Uber, but I'm going to get an Uber anyway. I'm not going to ride the bus with that dude. But if that dude's sitting there on a pile of money, it's about 40 feet high and they're all $100 bills, you go, oh, 
let's sit next to that guy at the bus. <laughs> the money, because right now the the Johnny Depp trial is going on, right? Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. She she seems like a real horrible person. I haven't been following it that closely, but she pooped in their bed. She's got some problems. She's crazy, and uh, she's an actress, so there you go. But he's got some problems, too. He's got this weird, I've never been told no in my entire life sort of mentality. But at least you look at Johnny Depp and you go, I can see why chicks dig him. I get it. He's a good-looking guy. Now he's, when you talk to him and he talks and he mumbles and blah, blah, blah. Not exactly the most engaging person, but, you know, maybe for the story you do it. But he's still, he's Johnny Depp. Good look. Look at Bill Gates and you go, yeah. What do you do? You just sit there and close your eyes and go, think about the money. Think about the money. Think about the money. Anyway, Bill Gates has gone crazy. He should have never retired from Microsoft. Well, he was invited to leave Microsoft, as we know now. Uh, But he never should have been invited to leave. He should have never left Microsoft because why? Not just because he was able to pick up chicks there, but because it's given him, we as a society should have never let him leave Microsoft. Because now it's given him all this time to go and say, I need to find something else to do with my time and my money. $150 billion, no need to work. Probably hasn't worked in a long time. Anyway, what do you do? Well, you go, climate change is real. You know, we should give me your crackpot theory. Maybe he's really into smoking pot. I don't know. But it, climate change is real. We should seed the clouds with stuff that will never come down. And so it will reflect the, some of the sun's light away. What could go wrong? Let's start messing with the world's climate. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a billion dollars towards that. And then comes COVID. This was his moment to shine. I think Bill Gates is recognizing that Windows is not really the legacy you want if you're a human being who wants to be remembered by humanity. Now, you don't get mentioned in the books, but you're like, yeah, you're the guy who did win- Windows? That sucked, right? That, didn't that suck? <laughs> I'm a Mac user. What can I say? Like, that sucked, dude. What else you got? What else you got? So he wants to come up, he wants to be seen as the philanthropist of philanthropists. And as such, he's funding anything and everything disease-related, which is great. I'm all in favor of that. And it's his money, he can do with it what he wants. The problem is that just because you're funding it doesn't mean you know what the hell's going on. If I buy... I own some cryptocurrency, not a lot, but I own some cryptocurrency. You need me to explain to you what cryptocurrency is? I got no idea. I have no idea. What is Bitcoin? I I don't know. It's a scam that uh, might make some money down the road or it could just collapse. So I would advise anybody investing in crypto to only put enough money in crypto that they're comfortable absolutely losing. Just the same way I advise anybody who goes to a casino to only gamble what they're or only consider gambling, bringing with them what they're absolutely comfortable losing. I have no freaking idea what it is. If I bought uh, if I bought GM stock, that isn't going to make me able to build a car. If I bought Apple stock, that's not going to make me able to build an iPad. Not even going to get me a discount on an iPad. They don't even have sales. That's what's annoying about Apple. But their products are so damn good. 
But just because you fund it doesn't mean you understand it. For some weird reason, and it's probably all the zeros after his name, Bill Gates is treated by the media as though he is imbued with special powers to understand what he's funding. Oh, he's funding a lot of research. So tell me about the research you're funding and what conclusions. He doesn't know about the conclusions. He doesn't know the research. He's cutting the, he's the check guy. Okay? He's the check guy. But he lets it go to his head, and so he talks about, oh, this is what we've got to do for COVID, and this is what we've got to do for COVID. This is what we got to do, we got to do, we got to do. You don't know. You don't know, Bill. Anyway, he was on, he's got a book out. And he was on The Daily Show. He's right now just kind of whoring himself out there. So I think the book is like preparing for the next pandemic or something. Again, you sit there and you go, Bill, what the hell do you know about this? Hopefully the person he hired to write his book knows about this, but uh, he doesn't know about this. And he was asked about the origin, or he talked about the origins of COVID. Bill Gates, despite all the evidence to to the contrary, despite all the evidence that this thing came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the fact that it happened in Wuhan, that that is where China is doing gain-of-function research on this very virus, and people started dying. That's where Bill Gates, no, 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 this came from bats. All the money in the world can't make you smart. Well, how do we prevent something where we don't even understand how it came to be? Like, you know, are there labs where they need to do better at, at, at you know, enclosing the work that they're doing? I understand that they have to do the work, but how do we figure that out and how do we move forward in, the, in that realm? Well, we should, shouldn't be careful about lab safety it's quite clear in this case that it came across through animals mm-hmm. and almost all our diseases like HIV crossed over from chimpanzees in Africa quite some time ago. Ebola came from bats. Uh, this also, uh, with one step in between, came uh, from bats. So it's going to keep happening, particularly with climate change, where we're invading uh, a lot of habitats. Where? Where is this coming from? It's just his thoughts look if you got the ear of and it's what people are putting in his head if you got the ear of bill gates and bill gates life now in between you know i assume chasing the ladies his life now is cutting checks for research the more grandiose the crazier your ideas sound the more likely you are to get that checkbook to open oh we're going to climate change and climate change is the magic word when it comes to so-called science. It is the magic word. It is the password to get you government grants like you wouldn't believe. It is the password to get you published in journals. Your work has no business being published in. It is the password to getting you tenure on a college campus, opening doors, meeting public officials, whatever it is. You toss in climate change on top of everything else and boy, howdy, everything opens up. So you're sitting there going, well, we need to fight viruses. Yeah, we do. Uh, I want to study the pangolin. Well, I don't really care about the pangolin. But it could be uh, could be the intermediary host for viruses. Huh. And it'll be exacerbated by climate change. Oh, now there, you're on to something. Tell me more. Let me grab my pen and my checkbook, and we'll just start going to town on that checkbook. And you tell Bill Gates, look, it'll make you smart. 
Bill Gates doesn't know. If a doctor sat down and a, a virologist sat down with Bill Gates, no matter how smart you think Bill Gates is, if Bill Gates and this doctor sat down and he, this doctor, started describing a virus, and he described a virus from the movie The Andromeda Strain, but he didn't say what it was. And there's this virus out there, and we got to do this, that, and the other. And he was just reiterating a movie plot. Bill Gates would have no way of knowing. He has no medical experience. He has no medical background. He's just rich. But because he's rich, uh, our culture idolizes him. Nothing wrong with the rich. Some rich people deserve to be idolized. Other people, for look, if you're in a startup company for a software firm and you think Bill Gates is definitely somebody to look up to. What he did with Microsoft, with Paul Allen and everybody else, that is absolutely worthy of study and emulation. But if you're a virologist, if you're at all interested in finding the origins of COVID, you kind of have to deal with Bill Gates because he's got these crackpot theories out there. But you wouldn't he wouldn't be your go-to. He'd be a sort of a, a footnote. And so, yeah, well, there's some people out there crazy like Bill Gates who are saying that this thing came from a pangolin, came via bat, via this, and not the giant factory churning out new ways for this virus to impact human beings. Not that one. It's just bizarre. He wasn't done, though. Bill Gates is very excited about the next pandemic, and he knows how to stop it. And he says, this one gave us great idea how to stop it. How do you stop it? Of course, you cede everything to the government. You obey the government. <laughs> I'm not, I'm only partially kidding. Uh, and you want to catch it as soon as you can. How do we do that? Well, you see people getting sick. Uh, you, you see uh, elevated deaths. And you go in there and you actually take and you sequence it early on. Uh, and then you have a global group right. that is ready to go, kind of like a fire squad, uh, comes in, and very quickly you diagnose people. Uh, some countries have had a tenth the deaths of the United States because they were a little bit more ready. Right, uh, right, right. And, you know, so, boy, we learned a lot in this pandemic. I mean, in 2015, yes, the warning was there, but now we... Uh, we know a lot more, and it's obvious, pretty obvious what should be done. Pretty obvious what should be done. What he's describing there is the World Health Organization. You should uh, notice deaths, okay, and then when the deaths are elevated, there should be this group to go in and diagnose people. Hey, send in the World Health Organization. That's exactly what we did this time. And what did the World Health Organization do? They said, China says there's no problem, so there's no problem, right? Dr. Tedros, the head of the World Health Organization. Uh, China put me up for this job. China says there's no problem, so we're going to pack up and go home. There's no problem. China says. This is Bill Gates' big solution. Now, what you just heard there, does that man sound worthy of following? Does that man sound brilliant? If your computer's getting the blue screen of death, which I don't know if that's still a thing with, with Windows computers, but it, you might want to call that guy. If you're still rocking Windows 98 and you got an, an OS issue, you, you want to call that guy, and you should listen to what he says on that. But just because he, you should listen to what he says on that and he made a ton of money because of that 
does not mean you should then go, well, now uh, tell me about uh, how to raise a child. Tell me about how to fight infectious diseases. Hey, uh, talk to me about picking up women or people to associate with. Who should I hang out with? <laughs> if there's a guy who uh, has a plane called the Lolita Express that he takes to a, a private island, that sure sounds fun, but it's jokingly referred to as pedophile island. Should I do You don't want to listen to him on that. We have this weird transitory thing in our society where if somebody's good at one thing, we listen to them at everything. Oh, this is an athlete, a world-class athlete. Tell us what you think about this latest complex law pending before Congress. What? Nobody would know better than you do, right fielder. You hit home runs. That doesn't make any sense. Hey, uh, Bill Gates, college dropout. You're rich. What should we do about infectious disease? Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just one sounds more absurd. Hey, Mr. Uh, right Winger or Goaltender or whatever, I need advice on rearing my child. Nobody would know better than, than you, Mr. Uh, power Forward with a girlfriend in every city and seven kids from six different ladies. Nobody would know better than you, linebacker, how I should rear my child. You wouldn't do that. Where should I put my stocks? <laughs> it's just absurd. But as society goes, well, he's successful at one thing. We must do everything. We must know their political views. and We must follow them. We must adhere to them. Bill Gates is rich. Let's find out what he says and ignore the people who have spent, you know, Eight years, five years in medical school, and then eight additional years specializing. Forget those guys. Bill Gates has some idea. And, you know, anybody pulling that kind of tail and that quantity of tail with that haircut and that fashion sense has got to know something. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. Before I move on from this, I, I do want to address a couple of things because there are some people out there. Some people are saying this is going to damage Republicans, this, this leaked decision. And other people are saying it'll be great for Republicans. Let me point out right at the beginning that this isn't done. This isn't a done deal. This is a draft from February. The case was argued in January, maybe late December. This is a, probably a first draft of what is likely Alito's opinion. Will it get enough votes? We don't know. It doesn't, uh, we won't know until the court tells us. So never spike the football on the five-yard line. So if you're out there sitting there upset that the Republican establishment isn't happy enough about this, maybe there are some people out there who go, well, this is going to give Democrats a motive to go to the polls. Um and other people are saying, well, this will give Republicans a, a motive to go to the polls, too. I had this discussion with my wife the other day, yesterday, I think it was, just briefly. But I've had this discussion with her before. She's probably sick of hearing about it, but uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> there, You look at the polling, and it's about a 50-50 country when it comes to abortion, when it comes to Roe v. Wade. Uh, that... When it comes to electoral politics, it doesn't matter. And I, I say this to, to friends on the issue, and I'll tell you. It doesn't matter what you think about any given issue. 
if because it, that you can't tell anything a pollster can't tell anything from that on how you'll vote if it's not the issue that your vote moves on right think about this abortion there are a lot of people who are pro-life think abortion is an abomination but they're sitting there going it cost me 90 dollars to fill up my tank so i'm not going to vote on that and there are some people who think abortion should be legal they don't really care about it they like they're asking the poll yeah no i'm i'm pro abortion pro choice whatever but when they fill up their cards 90 dollars and they go this sucks Okay, so they disagree with Republicans on abortion, but they they want to be able to feed their family or feed themselves or fill up their car. So they're going to go, all right, well, I disagree with them on abortion, but I'm going to vote for uh, Republicans because, God, Democrats are awful when it comes to inflation. If it's not the issue that moves your vote, it doesn't much matter. Democrats should know this. Right now they do. They actually do know this. Republicans know this too. They're just, Democrats are scrambling. I'm getting fundraising emails constantly from every left-wing group out there saying, well, Roe's going to be overturned. Give us money. We'll fight it. We'll stop it. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do the other. I'm sure it motivates a percentage of the Democratic base. Just like it motivates a percentage of the Republican base. Being pro-life is a position being the issue that moves your vote is something different i would posit that the people who are pro-life and it and they motive it motivates their vote it doesn't matter everything else can just go away the only thing that they vote on is abortion those people are not going to be they might be a little bit more excited about voting but it's a small percentage of the population And the people who are pro-choice, pro-abortion, who are motivated by that over the the, the nose rings, the the different colored hair thing, I'll never have it, blah, 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 blah. Those people are already locked in to vote for Democrats anyway because they want to vote against Republicans. So the idea that this could be a difference maker or something to run away from or run on you got to run on everything. You can't run from anything. You run from something, then you empower it, and you empower your opponents to use it against you. But it is one of those things that if it's not your core value, not your core voting issue, there are some people who simply don't care about anything else than what it, taxes. I'll only vote for people who will cut my taxes or I will only vote for people who promise to raise taxes on the rich and they can do those people can do anything else if they are with them on the issue that moves their vote they've got their vote that's a very small percentage of the population but it is a percentage of the population I think the same thing I think there are more people in this than than taxing the rich but I think that uh, it's not going to make that big of a difference it could swing a, a half a point to a point nationally, but this is not a presidential election year. This is a off year. This is Senate. This is House. I don't think this stuff plays the way it does in a presidential election. So, uh, you know, Republicans shouldn't run from it. 
But you also have to remember that it isn't a done decision. So if Republicans start saying, we've done it, we've done it, we've done it, celebrate. And then it changed. It turns out it was just Alito's opinion. And Alito was able to convince no one else to go with him on that one. Then Republicans look stupid. And Republican voters are deflated. You don't want that. Don't spike the football on the five-yard line. The election is in November. This decision is expected out, well, will be out by early July at the latest. Just wait. The left-wing freakout, let it happen. You know why? Because you watch the footage out of Seattle with Antifa throwing things at cops, uh, out of Los Angeles with Antifa fighting with cops over abortion. You watch that footage and you publicize that footage. You circulate that footage to your It makes the left look awful. It makes the left look terrible. When your enemy is destroying themselves, let them. Let them. So that would be my opinion, is you don't don't spike the football on the five-yard line. The people who are out there going, you're either pro-life or you don't be in the Republican Party. Get out. No, that's not how it works. You can be pro-life, but it not be the issue that motivates you. People who scream that. There are some people who are genuinely pro-life, and that's all that matters to them. And great. We want their votes. There are other people who are pro-life because of guilt. Doesn't matter. I'll take their votes, too. The point is to get votes. If you want to make any permanent change, you got to get votes. This year... If you want to, uh, if this decision does come down, you want to change things in your state, you got to vote for Republicans. Democrats are going to change things in, in the states they control in the opposite direction. System of federalism. That's the thing that excites me the most, is that this is a pot, potential embrace of federalism. Again, wouldn't it be nice to dial back to that? Just looking at the uh, Javier Becerra. The Secretary of Health and Human Services says that the Biden administration, quote, will double down on fighting for abortion in addition to fighting for health care for illegal aliens. (laughs) They probably want taxpayer-funded abortion, but not for illegal aliens because they want them to have those kids here to create those anchor babies. That's just kind of how it works. But the President of the United States at an event today at the White House gave remarks. He didn't take any questions because he's a senile, doddering, old, crusty shell of a human being. Attacked everybody who didn't vote for him. Was that 75 million Americans? Listen to what he said. Basically, they're all terrorists. Every Everybody else, everybody who isn't on my team is a terrorist. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children. Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. This is the most extreme. It's horrible. Horrible, they're extreme, they're extremists, these terrorists over there, these MAGA people. Remember when Joe Biden ran for president? I'm going to bring the country together, only I can bring the country together. Blah, 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 blah. Who would unite with that? Why would you want to unite with that? Why'd you want to do anything with that? Why would you want to give that the Heimlich maneuver if he's choking on a sandwich? You think I'm the worst monster in all of history? Go to hell, buddy. Well... We cannot 
defeat these people fast enough and uh, badly enough. They need to actually be destroyed. Rush Limbaugh used to say, you know, I want to keep a couple of liberals around to show people just how crazy they are. Like some, he said this back in the 90s. Not anymore. We can, we can teach them about it. They need to be absolutely destroyed, decimated, run from the town square, voted out and rejected. Uh, give them California. They can have California. They can have the, you know, Oregon as well. Who cares? We'll keep Southern California, really, really Southern California, not Los Angeles, because it's a little bit conservative. Maybe we'll keep parts of Northern California because that's conservative. But you can have the cesspool between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Congratulations. You've got that. And everybody else will take the rest. Good luck to you. See how that works out. Have your progressive utopia created over there. The problem is they don't they recognize that what they want to do in their various states and what they're doing in their various states sucks, frankly, that it is ruining their their livelihoods, their lives. It's causing all all manner of problems. And they don't want anybody to have a, a, a space to go to. You know, you're, we're all on this boat. This boat's going down. We don't have enough life rafts. Well, that's okay. well. Then sink the life rafts we have. Not everybody can get off on a life raft, and nobody gets off on a life raft. Let's just everybody go down with the ship, and we'll call it uh, equity. How's that sound? No, people are moving out of California to Texas, to Tennessee, to Florida, to Arizona, to anywhere. Really, anywhere is better than California. And they hate that. Same thing with New York. People are leaving New York. People are fleeing New York. And they're not ever going to go, what are we doing? We need to stop this hemorrhaging by stopping sucking. No, they go, we need to stop this hemorrhaging by preventing people from being able to move out of here. We need to go to every U-Haul and uh, remove the distributor caps from all the engines. That's what we need to do. Don't talk to the people in line at U-Haul desperately trying to get one so they can get the hell out of there and say, why are you leaving? Maybe we could do something to, to make it not so horrible, cause you not to flee. No, they don't want that. It's They don't want you to be able to leave. If we prevent everybody from fleeing, then we all suffer equally. Realistically, if liberal policies worked, people would be going in the other direction, would they not? If high taxes led to a wonderfully efficient government that kept people safe, people would be moving to California. Other states would be moving to emulate California. Tell us what you've done, California. New York City, if New York City's policies of defunding the police and getting rid of cash bail and letting criminals out within about 20 minutes of their arrest... If that was a wonderful way, like, oh, my God, it has led to so much more justice and so little crime in New York that other states are looking to New York City to find out how it is that they how can we implement what you have? Nobody's doing that. There's some progressives who look at it and go, uh, we, we need to bring this everywhere in the country, not because they you know, people are safe in New York. People are not safe in New York. New York is a cesspool. 
but because they only really care about criminals and political power. They hate people who are successful in this country. They hate the affluent. They hate the self-sustaining. They hate anybody who refuses to obey. Yeah, they're not, they don't care about that. They're not going to change for that. Nobody else, sane or otherwise, is looking at these places going, I really should emulate that. God, I really want to emulate that. Let's imitate New York City. They've got a wonderful policy that causes people to uh, you know, punch an old Jewish lady on the street and then be out in time for lunch to punch an old Asian lady, right? Who are you going to attack for dinner? But no cash bail because some people can't afford cash bail. Well, frankly, if somebody deserves to be held on some cash bail and they can't afford cash bail and they can't afford to get, they don't have anybody they can call. If your bail is 500 bucks and, you know, 500 bucks ain't nothing. But if your bail's 500 bucks and you can't come up with it, if you don't have any human being that you can call to come up with 500 bucks to get you out or to post bond, put up 10% of whatever. If you can't do that, you probably should be in jail. I'm going to suspect that you are not a good person, that you are not somebody who wants to be on the streets. I don't think there are many drug dealers out there who are willing to go to bat for another drug dealer. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go get uh, Johnny out of jail. Yeah, he's $10,000. I'm going to have to post bond for it. But you know what? In the name of justice, he needs to be out. No, I don't think the drug dealers are really concerned about that. I think they go, well, who's going to be working his corner? Who's going to be taking up that slack? Who's going to be making that money? Is it going to be me? Can somebody else do it? That's what they care about. Why would you want to let somebody out of prison who can't come up with a basic amount of money? I'm not talking about jaywalking. I'm not talking about being caught smoking a joint or anything like that. But if you assault somebody... You got some problems. There's something wrong with you. And if you can't get somebody to come up with 500 bucks, a bunch of people to pool together that money or post bond, there's something wrong with you. All right? And if your bond is, you know, $100,000, the odds that you jaywalked are pretty slim. The odds that you were caught with a a quarter bag of weed probably pretty slim. I suspect you were caught with a weapon. I suspect you might have used that weapon. But this is the left's priority. They, they don't view you as opponents. They view you as the enemy. You don't compromise with your enemy. You compromise with your opponents. You don't compromise with your enemy. You try to destroy them. They hate you. It's time to return the favor, I think. It's sad to say, but it is time to return the favor. I think a lot of other people, moderates, are sitting there going, the hell? This is not the guy we elected. This is not the guy who ran. I think it's going to be a bloodbath for Democrats. Let them bleed out. It'll be fun to watch. They're awful people. Just awful. The worst kind of people. We all have to kind of admit, if you go back and you can find montages about this, Joe Biden is a bad man. <laughs> he, he is. He's a bad father. I don't, yeah, I'm not one to quickly pass judgment on anybody. And their parenting skills. I'm new to this thing, and God knows I've screwed up, and there's no doubt I'm screwing up. But when two of your three kids are substance abusers, I don't think you're a big disciplinarian. 
to put it mildly. I don't think you're a very big disciplinarian. I'm like, we're going to get to this Larry Hogan stuff tomorrow. It'll hold. It's disgusting. But uh, I'm just thinking about this. <clears throat> we're running out of time. But you you look at these things. You look at Joe's two of three kids, substance abusers. Serious, serious problems. I don't think a, an attentive and good parent who is not being abused, I don't think you have, maybe maybe they do. Maybe they do. They say that alcoholism or whatever is in drug addiction or genetic, I don't buy it. Because there are plenty of people who see their parents slipping down that path and go, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And they got the same genes or they got their parents' genes. But Joe Biden is interested in Joe Biden and has always been interested in Joe Biden. And he's a wildly ambitious man, always has been a wildly ambitious man, has always thought of himself as president of the United States and desperately scrambled for 40 years to try to become president of the United States. You cannot be a good parent and have that kind of ambition long-lasting. You can't. Because to get to that point, you either got to have some political skills and fall kind of bass-ackwards into it like Barack Obama did. The timing, he took it as a perfect time for him. But I don't know anybody who ran for president for 40 years and then finally got it. To run for president once you, is too much, even if you want to stick in the realm of the Obamas. Michelle said if they didn't win in 2008, she wasn't going to let him run again because it's too high a price to pay. You have to constantly be campaigning to have a chance at successfully running for president. Now, imagine doing that for 40 years. You have to put everything on the back burner for two years to run for president. Now do that for 40 years. What kind of a parent do you think you are? You can't tell me that there isn't a major story out there of Hunter Biden's growing up that involves lots of stories from Delaware State Police and Wilmington cops about how they arrested Hunter Biden and somebody came down and took him home or they called instead of putting it on the books, they called Joe or they had a number to call and they got away with it because I don't think in age 45 you start smoking crack I don't think at age 45 you start frequenting strip clubs and brothels and calling escorts I don't think that happens at age 45 that is the tip of the mountain right before overdose berg now you climb up to there you get busted I know lots of people who've taken that trip I know lots of people who've taken that trip. Most of them got off the mountain before they got to Overdoseburg. Sadly, a couple of them didn't, including uh, the high school football star. He was in his 40s and he overdosed. But most people don't just start off with, you know what, I've led a normal life, a relatively good life. Now I feel like now that my kids are grown... I want to try crack. You know, now that the kids are, I'm an empty nester. I'm happy in my life. But the one thing that sort of haunts my dreams is that I've never smoked crack. And you start on crack. That doesn't happen, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't happen. You build up. 
start with drinking and pot. No, am I saying pot is the gateway drug you proved it? No, pot is a gateway drug in that I don't think people start with heroin or start with crack. But I don't think that uh, it certainly smoking pot increases your odds of moving up there because nobody starts with heroin or crack. But just because you smoke pot doesn't mean you're going to move to heroin and crack. I'm not a prude about that. I've obviously done things that were unhealthy and ungood and illegal. So what? But I didn't do it starting in the midlife crisis. You build up to it. And uh, you can't become a full-blown crack-smoking moron without family noticing these things. They're telltale signs. I don't know if you've ever been around a junkie, but they're telltale signs of junkies. Pretty easy to spot from a satellite, let alone, you know, Christmas dinner. So Joe didn't care. Joe wasn't there, would be my guess. Joe was interested in Joe. Hunter had to keep the money flowing. I imagine that pressure to keep the money flowing caused him to try new and exciting drugs. And if you're sitting there and you're miserable in your life and people in your family are making your life miserable, you do more and more self-destructive things like film yourself with a bunch of prostitutes, film yourself smoking crack, things like that. Have an affair with your brother's widow because your brother was loved but you never were. So maybe if you can replace your brother in his marriage, you can replace your brother in your father's heart. Doesn't work. Never works. But to sit there and look at Joe Biden as a dime store psychiatrist, I would say that Joe Biden is an awful parent and Joe Biden is an awful person. That's just me. I could be wrong, but I doubt I am. Because I don't think you produced two out of three. And God knows, who knows what uh, Bo did. Maybe it was the three for, maybe he batted a thousand. We don't know. But he's an awful president. He's an awful person as president. That would just translate to everything else, I would think. Anyway, we're out of time. That's enough for today, I think. We'll get to this Larry Hogan stuff attacking Trump and DeSantis tomorrow. I appreciate the use of your ears. Try to get outside and have some fun. It's beautiful where you are. Enjoy it, and make sure you're back here, same bad time, same bad channel, tomorrow. Have a great one.